Kevin, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dan. So uh, I'll give a small intro, then you can kind of expand on that. So Kevin Getsch, you're the founder of Web4, which is an agency up in Vancouver. And also, you're the president of SEMPDX. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Cool. So a lot of things I want to talk about. We were chatting before we started recording. The Couve and what's going yeah. on there. A lot of great stuff. Of course, Engage, the annual conference for SEM is coming up next month. So I want to see what's on board for that. But always love to hear your origin story. You know, how did you start an agency? Um, and then, you know, how I think that was 2009. 2009, right? yeah. And kind of what's, uh, what's been your experience with that? So, you know, mine just started. How did you kind of Web4 come about? Yeah, no, I'd love to talk about that. So I... In uh, back in two thousand nine, I was working for a very large uh, Fortune five hundred company. Started with A, ended with T, uh, three letters. Uh, you can probably figure it out. But um, I was going to work every day, and I was uh, I f- literally felt like I was being eaten away inside. I just did not feel like what we were doing was good for our clients, and um, I decided I was going to kind of make my escape at one point because I thought, you know, I can do a much better job, take care of clients. And uh, yeah, kind of started planning my escape and said, you know what, I'm going to go do this. And people thought I was crazy because I left a very good six, you know, six figure job to make nothing. Yeah. And this is kind of like 2009. We're like, it's not awesome. Worst part of the economy <laughs> ever. I have, I have kids, uh, I have a mortgage to pay, uh, you know, a wife who's like looking at me like, you better know what you're doing. You know, I mean, she, I, I have to look back at that and be like, wow, she had a lot of uh, belief in me. Cause I don't know if I was in her position, had I sure. been looking the other way going, oh yeah, like that's a good idea. I no, it, it felt, uh, you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy and I'm sure at times I did, but so I, yeah, I went out on my own and I was the, um, you know, I was the salesperson. I was the uh, designer. I was a developer. I was the SEO. I was the garbage guy. You know, I did, did everything like a lot of people do when they first start out. And, um, I had moved to Vancouver a little bit before that recently. So I was walking around, talking to people, stopping in business parks, shaking babies, kissing hands, you know, doing everything I could to kind of meet people. And, uh, yeah, the first, I, I told myself, you know, I'd rather make half as much, uh, and, um, but be happy and actually enjoy what I'm doing. Feeling like what I'm doing is actually creating a positive impact. Mm -hmm. And, um, I made less than half as much. So I was close there, but then my second year, I made half as much, so I was right. yeah. <laughs> I was happy there, and then yeah. we kept progressing. Every year grew and grew. And- yeah, and that's often the story, you know. And I think in two thousand nine, it was harder to do that, but now it's like everybody wants to do that, right? Entrepreneurs are the new kind of rock stars, and um, it, it's it's great to hear your story because you know what it was like to, during hard economic times to start that. So. Yeah, fast forward to 2018. You guys have been around. You're very much a staple in the, the marketing community here. And that's where kind of SEM PDX comes into play. So, um, that's very much a pillar of the marketing community here, right? Oh, yeah. So tell me about just kind of the mission of SEM PDX and then let's get into engage and what you got stored up in March. Yeah, definitely. So SEM PDX was one of the first nonprofits that was set up to support the digital marketing community. Uh, I remember back when in 2009, when I was kind of first getting going, I felt like I was, you know, in a silo. I didn't have really anyone to talk to and really bounce ideas off of. I was just a solopreneur out there yeah. working. And so, uh, uh, few years into it, I want to say around 2012, I started getting involved in, uh, SEMPDX a little bit more and was really impressed that, Hey, there's this organization, there's all these, you know, 
it's hard to find a group where like competitors come together, right? Because a right. lot of people like yeah. all from competing either companies or different agencies in some uh, light, and they're working together to improve the industry and kind of openly sharing ideas and making sure we're focusing on education and things like that. And so um, I remember I eventually was invited to speak at one of the events. And then uh, Mike Rosenberg actually reached out to me after that at some point, asked me if I wanted to be on the board. And so I was, I was honored and um, ended up coming on the board as a marketing director and then uh, served a two-year term and then later was asked to be the president. And yeah, so I'm, I'm honored to, you know, be the president of SEMPDX. Yeah. So Engage is, I know you used to be under a different name, Search Fest. Yeah. Um, so how long have you guys been doing your annual kind of? 12, it's the 12th year. 12th year. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what's uh, kind of in store? For, it's March 8th, right? It's March 8th uh, coming up. It's at the Sentinel Hotel. It's a full day conference. Um, you're going to have some of the best of the best, the top thought leaders in digital marketing. So not only search, you're going to have SEO, paid search. You're going to have kind of web side of things. You're going to have content marketing, uh, social media, and all of this is piled into four different um, kind of tracks, right? And so whether it's someone who's brand new and they're kind of a small business owner and that's not necessarily their um, specialty, they'll have options that are kind of more catered to them or whether they're advanced, we'll have people talking about uh, accelerated mobile pages and d diving deep into uh, advanced uh, analytics and things like mm -hmm. that. So, um, and then the cool thing, we started doing a couple, I want to say it's been two years, well, actually three years, this will be the third year where we uh, video every single session. Oh, and so everyone who comes gets those free mm -hmm. and so even if you don't get to see the session you can use it later use cool. it for training or however you want yeah. so um but phenomenal speak speakers um we have a keynote uh from uh verna purgy and uh I'm sorry, I just uh, put that backwards, Perna Vergi, and then uh, from Microsoft, and then also Ian Lurie from ClearLink, um, two amazing speakers. we got speakers from Disney, gosh, uh, just amazing Good lineup. Yeah, yeah. Before. And the, the yeah. nice thing, obviously, you're going to get a lot of content, and, and the great thing about SCMP, you actually have great yeah. networking. Yeah. yeah like, uh, you know, that's always been... The, the after party is yeah. still, like, everyone talks <laughs> yeah. about the after party, yeah, so right? It's a good one. Yeah. So. Punchbowl Social, like, that, that, yeah, we have so much fun there. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, looking forward to it. It's going to be good. And so we'll circle back about it. But um, one of the things I was pretty excited to talk to you about, because I admittedly spent most of my time on this side of the river. Yeah. So I want to know what's going on in Vancouver. We got, um, you were telling me about a couple really cool companies that are, you know, got some great funding. Um, you have the new waterfront going up there. Uh, it's kind of the, a lot of great people were moving there and starting their company. So what's going on? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's funny to think back when I moved there and gosh, it's been 2006. I think I first moved there okay. and the little bit of kind of, um, idea I had in my mind about Vancouver, it was more that, uh, Vantucky kind of feeling <laughs> like, you know, and it's part of it's cause I don't want to say it. But. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's well, that's where it was. And I think, but at the time I still looked at it and I was like, wow, it's amazing. It's some of like from a school standpoint, we have kids, great schools, amazing environment. We have one exit down. Uh, there's the, uh, Lacamas Lake, which we jog around and is waterfalls. It's just beautiful. But then we have a bustling city and a great community. Um, so I always loved that. But in the last 10 years, there's been this just, um, 
I'd say not just growth, but the community coming together. The mm-hmm. city. Uh, I'm a, a vice chair on the Greater Vancouver Chamber. Okay. So, um, and then the CREDC, which is the Columbia River Economic Development Council, and a number of other um, organizations and, and people just coming together to really focus on um, kind of having a vision for the community and then driving that forward. So. Uh, Great companies doing amazing things. Uh, Discover Org is just blowing up, and I, I love uh, their story. They've grown uh, significantly. And so uh, recently, I just thought this was the coolest thing ever. They, um, When they were in the beginning stages, uh, a company that they were uh, – was actually potentially – they were thinking about made by them in the mm-hmm. beginning um, – kind of shot them down or kind of like made a little bit of a snide remark saying, yeah, we might, you know, give you some kind of nominal offer. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, they kind of took that back and said, you know what, we're going to go at them head on. And um, so just this last year, they actually bought that company, yeah. their largest competitor. I saw that. It was a big deal. It's too. a, it's a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. So, and that's just one of the amazing stories. Uh, I was recently on the economic forecast uh, breakfast panel and I was sitting next to the CEO of Realware, which is a company that relocated up to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. They just got uh, 17 million in funding. And that's just, that's just the beginning stages. That was just from some Clark County investors okay. there. And so um, they basically are taking, if you think like what Google glass was, right. they're taking, um, they've basically improving that to a whole nother level for an industrial standpoint. So think about people who are working all the time, whether it be someone up on a telephone wire who can have the, a little vision thing, they can actually see schematics. They can talk with people, do all these things. They're taking it to the industrial level and they're wow. doing it really well. Interesting. Yeah. So what do you attribute? I mean, that, that company moved there. Uh, was it, tax incentives or what are some of the things Vancouver's doing? I, I won't, just... I, I will not um, play down the no income tax. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. that, that definitely um, is a, something that attracts businesses to the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, no income tax is huge, but it's not just that it's mm-hmm. the environment as a whole. It's right. the access to talent and it's the kind of progressive nature of the businesses and the government working together to do these kind of things. So we know like we work with uh, through the government, through the city, through the different uh, programs, WSU, Clark College, we're like focusing on uh, career connected learning. You know, I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see what, we can do because they're looking at, okay, here's the problems we have right now, but the problems are going to be even bigger down the road. So they're actually taking plan plans now and actually, um, having things in place to connect and actually have people from high schools come in and actually take tours of businesses. I had 34 students from a local high school come into our business. And I think it was like 24 of them signed up for the next available web class after coming to our business. So I was just like, Oh, it's amazing. Right. So Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Vancouver's next hot spot. And how long have you been kind of in this Portland area? Or uh, my whole life. Your I, whole got, life I got web, web feet and the okay. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So, you know, I always like to ask this question. It's changed a lot. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of growth. Talk about, obviously, as a business owner and the talent, the pros of that. But what are some of the things, you know, we as a community in regards to business need to fix or on things that you're working on? Um, because... There are some challenges. There right? definitely, yeah. And and I know the affordability is, you know, if you've grew up here, it's kind of hard to see that that's changing, right? So 
Now, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, so there's, there's from the business standpoint and then there's just from the general kind of community standpoint, but I'd say, uh, I've been beating the drum from the general community standpoint, which involves the business side of things for the last probably three years. And, and, uh, I, it's not just me, but like in Clark County, I, I was saying we need to have a, a vision. Not just for like, oh, this is what we do, but what what are we going to look like in the next 20 years? Because there's going to be so much change happening. And this is not just here. This is everywhere, right? There's going to be so much change happening. We don't want um, technology and technological advancement shaping us. We want to make decisions based on the vision that we have for where we want our community to be and, and, and pull those things in rather than saying, oh, let's just do this because it's going to create jobs or it's yeah. going to do this. Well, let's actually make good decisions based on a set of vision and values that is kind of globally accepted by the community that we're all behind. And so there's been a lot of push towards that. The CRDC just um, launched their um, economic uh, vision Mm -hmm. for the local area, working with the chamber and all the other organizations. And so that it was a huge step forward um, for us. Um, But then the affordable housing uh, is a huge thing. We have a company in Vancouver called Blockable. That is like, I, I think of, um, what's the game my son plays, um, with all the little stacking the blocks together. It's a, uh, oh man, gonna kill me. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My no. Minecraft. Like, Minecraft. Minecraft, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So I told him one time I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, you know, some, at some point in the future, they're going to build houses oh. just like this. And I was kind of joking with them, but kind of serious. Yeah. Like, and I thought way longer off. Well, Blockable is taking kind of more of this manufacturing approach to solving the um, housing crisis or the affordable housing crisis. Mm-hmm. They really focus on um, kind of the affordable housing area and they create these uh, houses in a manufacturing style, like maybe 300 square feet mm-hmm. pre-built unit that, you know. So, so I mean, just amazing things going on there. And I love um, – taking an entrepreneurial approach to solving social problems. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of that going on. The other, I think, big thing that um, we need, we kind of need to tackle is um, education and training, because as uh, AI advances at a rapid pace, Mm -hmm. uh, the next five to 10 years, there's going to be a lot of people that are, um, their jobs are going to be replaced. Like if you're in a retail sales kind of environment, you know, you need to start thinking about uh, having, getting some training and figuring out what can I move into um, to do that? Because, you know, Amazon just opened up their new store with no employees, right? right? So it it is, um, it's, so if you look, not to dive down that one too much, but Mm -hmm. if you look back at like the industrial revolution, everybody was scared, um, you know, all this stuff's going to happen, but it actually improved our lives. But there was a time of a lot of pain for a lot of people who were changing jobs, a lot of fear and things like that. And we're going to go through the same thing, but also at a much faster pace. Right. I mean, that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I've I've been starting to think about more. And it's hard when you're in the daily kind of grind of your, your own job and, uh, to, to kind of, take that next step and look ahead a little bit. So I think folks like you are thinking about it, maybe you can contribute to the community to help train people. I think good things will happen. So you you mentioned you're an entrepreneur. I kind of want to dive into this a little bit because I haven't had a chance to talk to someone about it as much on the show is because you started in a very difficult time. You know, now you do see a lot of people striking out on their own. Um, They've had a lot of experience. And so I don't, I won't say it's easier. It's never going to be easier, but 
Um, talk a little about your journey on that, the ups and downs, maybe. I know you're pretty, you're you got an established company now, but, um, as I'm sure folks come to you and say, Hey, I'm going to start my own agency or think what, what's kind of your advice to people? Like yeah. That? And I've actually, I've advised a lot of people. I've sat down with them and, you know, kind of gone through the different things with them. It's, there's a combination of things that I'm saying that are happening. One is, um, the generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's some very positive things and there's some, some things that are maybe looked at a little bit more negatively in that aspect. But mm-hmm. one of the reasons I started my company is because I love the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. So I, I encourage everyone like, Hey, you know, do this. And it doesn't have to be, you know, do something that you're passionate about. And if you can make a, a living at it, then that's great. But, mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be your, your full-time job either. Right. right? Yeah. And so you, you hear a lot in the millennial, um, uh, thing, my, my side hustle, you know, that's yeah, like, like yeah. they got a little side hustle yeah. that they're doing. So, um, but so for me, uh, and I think this is important for anyone who's thinking about business is, um, this wasn't my first business. Right. I, I, I failed multiple times uh-huh. and yeah. had many bumps and bruises before I got to this point. I actually, um, at one point had a company called uh, ESP. It was entertainment and sports productions. Okay. I used to throw ultimate fighting events. Okay. Yeah. So R- Randy Couture and Matt Lindland were my coaches at the time. And I said, Hey, you ever thought about throwing these kind of events? I know concept entertainment group and some of the different clubs and restaurants okay. in the area. And, uh, and so I started helping them put together those events. It was amazing. It was tons of fun. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, it wasn't something that was going to kind of support me or my family. Right. Put me in a point, though, where um, eventually uh, I was in a house that I couldn't afford. Um, I was about to not be able to make the mortgage payment. So this is after a whole year, I had some savings, I spent all that money and now I'm sitting here with my, uh, my young daughter and I'm going, uh, I'm in this house. I can't afford, what am I going to do? And so kind of had to suck it up and, um, think about kind of next moves at that point. But it's, it's important for any entrepreneur or person who's thinking about being an entrepreneur to understand that it's those points in your life that at the time you go, how could there be any positive benefit from this? But when you look back, had I not done that, I wouldn't have rented that house out because I actually moved into a small little room in my friend's house and I rented out my house. Wow. Well, I own three houses now. They're all, I've never actually sold a house. Okay. <laughs> made it work. I, I, you know, I bought the next house and then I rented that out, but I probably wouldn't have tried to rent out that house had I not been in such a painful position where I was about right. to lose it. And I said, you know, innovation comes from those times yeah. that are most painful. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that. I know it's, it's, um, sometimes, uh, you know, we're both probably on LinkedIn a lot and things and I kind of call it like do porn. Everybody's like, do, do hustle. hustle, It's great. And I think it's important to kind of, you know, step back and, and look at those bumps and bruises along the way. And that's really kind of what propels people forward. So, um, it's not all roses, you know, right? No, no, not at all. Yeah. So we'll just talk about, uh, your book. You're right. Oh yeah. (laughs) So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. It's, um, it's been a, I wouldn't say lifelong, but so I, when I was 23, I woke up in the morning at like two thirty one time and I started writing and I, mm. it was like something had to get out of me. And I wrote pretty much uh, a good part of that whole entire next day. Uh, and I decided at that point that I was going to write a book at the time, the title that I came up with at the time was futurography. And it was about, it was about 
kind of visioning your future in such a way that it's already happened Mm -hmm. and you're really visualizing it and kind of creating that biography of your future. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of the things I had learned throughout my life was doing it. And that's kind of actually where I am now. A lot of that was from the things that I was learning at that point was kind of creating that this is where I'm going to be visualizing and doing all those things. And for me, it's been very beneficial. Now, over the years, um, I found out later at some point, I didn't, um, I'd never heard of that term, but I found out later it was uh, online in some places. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if someone else came up with it. I don't really, but it didn't really matter. But at that point I was like, you know what, that doesn't really get the essence of what I'm trying to write. And, uh, I've had for the last couple of years, my motto has been give, grow and be grateful. Mm-hmm. That's just something that's short, give, grow and be yeah. grateful. It's something that allows me to focus on what I think is important for me in my life. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to, um, my goal was to write my book in the, in my forties and I've been making excuses for the last couple of years. Cause I'm, you know, I'm busy. Yeah, right. Don't want to take time away from my kids and my wife and the business, which are all true. Um, but often I was telling myself, you know, I don't, I just don't have time to do it. And that wasn't true. And so I, again, tried to look at an innovative way of doing it. And so I decided I'm going to use the podcasting format. Yeah. Right. To make it easier to get the content out. So I um, decided something that would hold me accountable and lessen the the friction to creating that book was I would hold myself accountable to doing a weekly podcast. And then I would uh, get on there and I would just uh, talk for that minute. And then I have a, I have a company, uh, you know, person who transcribes it all. And then I'm going to have someone basically put that all together in a book. Cool. Yeah. So it's, um, <laughs> it's a uh, very, uh, how would I say it's, it's very raw. Um, and it's very, um, uh, oh gosh, I don't know what the, the word is other than kind of vulnerable. Yeah. I like, you feel vulnerable because. Cause the podcast you're putting out now, people. Can I, I'm putting it out it. now yeah. and it's, it's yeah. not, um, it's like as we go. Right. So it's not the edited version and I don't take a lot of, t- I don't, part of myself committing to do this was not putting so much time into it that it took away from other things that are priorities in my life. Yeah. Um, and so part of that was, I'm not going to have to be okay with it not being perfect, mm-hmm. which is really, it's a lot harder than I actually expected because mm-hmm. I want to go back through and edit everything, make it perfect yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And so it's just right now, it's just about, let me sit down. I try to, I've actually gotten good to where I, I just sit down, I just do it and I publish it and, and that's it. Well, I'm a big believer in like just documenting the process. Yeah. And so I love that approach. And when, so when, what's your kind of time frame when the book will come out? So my goal, I, I committed to 52 weeks or basically until I feel like I've pulled, you know, kind of poured my soul out into the book. Yeah. But I think, um, I kind of outlined 52 kind of main things, uh, episodes or topics uh-huh. over that time. And so I think it'll, it'll probably be sometime in early 2019 that okay. I'm transcribing each of them along the way. And so I'll have the content and then I'll just be using, um, a, a writer to help me put that all together and, cool. and have it actually flow together. So cool. when it comes out, let us know. Have oh, you for back sure. on the show? <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to. So, okay, Kevin, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Looking forward to engage here March 8th. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, uh, thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>